Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Fantasy Unleashed podcast. This is Josh Selway talking to you guys. I want to do a quick podcast today about what just happened this past Sunday, week 15. The Tony Pollard news hits an hour before the one o'clock kickoff time. And if you're a DFS player like we are here at Fantasy Unleashed, that obviously had huge implications. So for us, the way this went down, I was over at the Beavers. We were building lineups going over the news, different builds. Then this news hits about an hour before lock that Zeke is a surprise inactive. And that means Tony Pollard is basically the workhorse because they only had one or someone else said there was another backup running back. But on DraftKings, there's only one backup available to play. So they may have had another uh, backup that wasn't even listed on DraftKings, which happens sometimes. But Basically, it was going to be the Tony Pollard show, and it was clear right away. He was $5,200, which was kind of in a no-man's land for this week on DraftKings salary-wise. A lot of people were playing Leonard Fournette down at 4500 and then probably the next closest guy that was in play, assuming no one was on uh, Ahmed at 4600 was all the way up to Kenyon Drake at 5500 because that price just, which with Kenyon Drake, it seems like that all the time, but it just seemed too low. But the initial takeaway here for us, we just said, okay, there's no really no backup. And you know what? We, as we were talking about in the moment, we said the Cowboys offense is going to be better because with Zeke, he's a volume guy, low chances of breakaway runs, whereas Tony Pollard, big play guy, has shown it in flashes before. He's capable of catching the ball out of the backfield and doing things with it, and that came through in a big way because he ended up with six catches. I think there's a lot of key takeaways here. One, when news hits this late, and this is what we were saying in real time, Beaver says, you know, I think people, when stuff like this happens, they're too slow to react. They're too slow to react in the right way. And that's exactly what ended up happening. You know, that final hour before lock, I was just building lineups like crazy, getting in all my correlations that I wanted, getting all the guys I wanted in. And I was just plugging Tony Pollard in almost every single lineup. And I just had Beaver's voice running through my head. People aren't going to play him enough. People aren't going to play him enough. People aren't going to play him enough. So I was just plugging him. And as it happened, people didn't play him enough. And I was going through the ownership projections here in the Millie Maker. 12% owned in the Millie Maker. Now, if you would have said three days before Sunday... You know, at the end of the week, Thursday, whenever that we, if we would have got this news then, that Tony Pollard was going to be the starter, what do you think his ownership projection would have been? Thirty percent, forty percent? It's hard to say, but way higher than twelve percent. That is for sure. Russell Gage was higher owned than Tony Pollard in the Millie Maker. And if you want to go through, I did a fifty-dollar eleven-man winner take all. I mean, my God, he should have been a hundred percent owned in something like that. Turns out, not even half the field had him. Five guys. And once you guess it, those were the top five scores in that contest. I did a $50 tourney with about 1,700 people, 1,800 people. He was 24% owning that. So a little better. A little better there. The higher stakes guys clearly were on this more than the lower stakes guys. I did a home league with uh, friends which was just nine people, winner-take-all type thing, and only three people had him in there. And guess what? Those were the top three scores. So the biggest takeaway here, 
is not just to talk about Tony Pollard, not to say what happens with Tony Pollard and the Cowboys and Zeke Elliott moving forward. It's just to take a lesson from when late breaking news like this hits and think, how does it affect the slate? And this time, he was clearly a must play. He's getting the pass catching work. There's no backup. They're at home. Big playability. Easy to get him in your lineups at 5,200. So it was just a no-brainer situation. And, you know, Warren Buffett has a quote that's something like, when it's raining gold, grab a bucket, not a thimble. Which means make sure you're getting enough of the gold that's raining from the sky. Don't mess around when you have a free square, a free opportunity like that when no one else, well, not no one else, but not enough people are going to be on it the way they should be. People are slow to react on stuff like that. They overthink it. Maybe they don't have the news. So go all in. Whenever you're given a gift from God, like Tony Pollard's unleashing, you take it and you go all in. So hopefully you did that. And when an opportunity like this comes around again, they're few and far between, but be ready to react and go all in. Take it as far as you can. Don't mess around. Grab the bucket, not a thimble. And let me just say, you know, this isn't to look back and talk about takes or anything, but I told Beaver Sunday morning, I said, I'm not on the Saints-Chiefs game as much as you are. And the reason was because to me, it felt like a case where real-life football, real-life excitement was bleeding over into DFS. You know, that was a potential Super Bowl matchup, a lot of fun players indoors in New Orleans, the biggest game of the week, one of the few 4 p.m. games. So there was naturally a lot of excitement about it, but I didn't see really see the appeal from a DFS angle. I thought the Saints' defense was good, and they at least slowed down Mahomes a little bit. But for some reason, people thought it was going to be the shootout where like, you had to play Mahomes, you had to play Tyreek and all these guys. And I didn't see it like that. I did play a lot of Kamara because I thought he would do, basically score 10 more points than he did. I was expecting close to 30 from him here. But the rest of the guys, Manny Sanders, chalk Manny Sanders, I wasn't seeing it. So to me, it was an easy fade for the most part where everyone's looking at that one game, mostly due to the real-life football implications and not cutting out the DFS part properly. An easy fade to, for me, for mostly for tournaments. So that's just another type of situation to pay attention to. It's when all the eyes are on one game like that, and it doesn't exactly make sense. You know, that kind of happened a few weeks ago when it was like Cardinals-Bills, that game. But that game clearly going to shoot out this game the Saints defense you know Sean Payton's going to try to slow it down the Saints do a bunch of funky stuff on offense Drew Brees barely has ribs and he's playing first game back just wasn't that exciting to me so that's where my head was at this past weekend we will have more coming out soon well maybe I don't know Christmas and shit this week huh we'll see we'll see if I can track down the beaver once again or maybe it'll just be blogs over on Fantasy Unleashed dot com in the meantime follow us at fantasy unleashed on twitter but that's it for now thank you guys for listening please subscribe please review the show please i don't know do other cool stuff as well we'll be talking to you all soon later